0: One of the things you'll hear in marketing is the best thing to do in marketing is to go out to talk to your consumers, find out what they want, so you can give it to them. I think that's wrong. I think that the best brands are are brands and companies that start the branding journey from the inside, not from the outside. They don't begin by asking the question, what do my customers want? They begin by asking the question, what am I really good at? What do I have that got me the customers that I've gotten already? And how do I make something bigger out of that? So they start from the inside. So, so I, would, I would ask you guys when you start to think about your brand, think about what your company does really well. Think about the thing that your customers who love you, love you for. What is that? That's the raw material of your brand. I know a lot of the times you talk about creating a brand statement, or a value statement, or a mission statement, and those can get a little bit cheesy to think about. So the best way of thinking about it is around a guarantee. What are you trying to guarantee to your customer? How to build a sales machine uh, through hiring better salespeople, building a better sales team, and structuring some sales process. Really just notate and and document what you're doing today. And you could do uh, maybe like a win-loss analysis. Think about some uh, deals that you won and situations or opportunities that you lost and try to really understand why what happened. Using a virtual assistant, this is huge for productivity. Think about this. Every hour that you spend doing something costs x amount of dollars for every single person in your company. Think about that when you assign some sort of task to someone, right? If you can find someone that can do that for less, then you're winning and you're saving costs for your business. Virtual assistants are huge. We use them all the time to help with automatic data processing and moving things from one source to the other. It can help, they cost about two to five dollars, and the way to find them is you post a job posting on Upwork.com. Now the way to get a very good one, because this is tough, create a job application where they have to actually do a little bit of a task. And then the biggest thing here is training. You can't just give them a task and expect it to be done correctly with very uh, kind of rough, not filled out instructions. Most of the time um, when new hires come around, they're like ready to go, right? They're super excited, they're standing at the starting block, you're pumped, you're really excited. Unfortunately, a lot of times it it starts to flop. The big reason behind that is really, it's just bad training, right? The majority of the, the reasons that this happens is your training is ambiguous. You kind of lose this culture versus role uh, balance, right? So teaching about what their role is actually gonna be versus teaching them about what the culture of your shop is gonna be. And sometimes you think they don't want it, right? Like, okay, they've hurt me enough all day today. You know, I don't need to keep continuing to train them. Um, so these are, are are kind of some bad buckets to fall into. And I think the reason we fall into these traps is because training is, is really teaching. People always think that sales is about selling, and it's it's really not. It's about getting to know people. When somebody says they're getting married, you call them on their wedding day or, you know, you email them on their wedding day, say, I hope you have a great wedding. You know, like, just like making sure that they know that you care. And, and like I said, it, it is about business, but it's not. Most of our business is about making friends and making Uh, meeting new customers, but they're not necessarily just customers. You don't think of them as just customers. The best way to turn clicks into customers is to have good ad copy. We're about to jump into this. This is so important. So, so important. All right. How to write persuasive ad copy. We have seven triggers that every single person will fall into. Number one is fear. You can do fear of missing out. Hey, this is it. Only 10 left. Only 12 left. Only 20 left. FOMO. Do you have FOMO? You can even say that. State their fear. Darn right I got FOMO. Oh yeah, what is FOMO? Um, I got FOMO, I don't know. Um, Fear of missing out. Going to that trade show or just any trade show really early on just really helped open your eyes a lot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're
1: surrounded by peers.
0: That's actually a really good tip for people, especially because I believe ISS is just free if you just put in a company's name as the codes.
1: Everybody uses matrixes. Right. So you've got a price for 12 and a price for 24, a price for 36, Mm -hmm. maybe 48, maybe 72. Wherever your price breaks are, they're using some kind of a price break matrix based on the number of colors and the quantities that you create the price break on. Mm -hmm. Now, those price breaks, they are not going to admit it, but the reality is everybody starts by comparing their competitors. So that price break essentially you're going backwards and you're not generating any more money and the next price break is at 48 and at the next price break guess what you go backwards again this is a huge trap that everybody falls into they're working their tail off and they're thinking that they're getting work coming through the the door and everything's great and they want to know at the end of the month why didn't we make any money it's because you're literally putting yourself out of business but because of the behavior of your price chart
0: is where the drains the screen printing department needs water and they need the drains now Drain you've got to put in the floor. It's got to carry out water. You can always bring in from the ceiling, so you can drop water anywhere in the shop that you need it. But where are the drains? So okay. So you talk about power. So what what should you look for in, in, in with that aspect? Well, you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to have to bring in more power because of your electricity requirements. You also need clean power, things like CTS machines in the screen making area. That means a, a whole brand new line that's computer safe because you don't want anything bad to happen to the to the CTS machine. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it requires the most clean electricity that you've got in the entire building. How do you balance that from early on to now work versus home and family responsibilities? For, for me, it just depends on like, kind of what's required of me at home. As I got married, had kids right away, the demands at home become greater. And so then you have to shift some time. And ultimately, like, it forces you to be a better leader, really. You know, there's Parkinson's law, which basically says, you know, work expands to fill the time allotted. And so if I give myself, you know, again, early days, right? If I give myself 18 hours a day to work, well, then I'm going to take 18 hours to kind of do what really needs done. What's most important. If I only have 10 hours to do that, well, I'm going to figure out how to do the most important things in 10 and offload the others, right? I think ultimately just constraining your time actually does make you a better leader and manager and realize, hey, you can offload and delegate some things that, someone else can do just as well as you or or in a lot of times even better we always answer the phone on the first ring that's our goal first of all i have seen shops with no voicemail and it just rings and then it hangs up are you there answering the phone are you giving back prompt emails are you delivering good quality products i'm not so sure even a majority of the shops can claim that yet but it's a great opportunity there. Yeah, we answer emails within an hour and phone calls on the first ring. I mean, that's that's our guarantee to any of our customers. Try to do something that no one else is doing to reach people that no one else is reaching because then you have no competition. I ask a lot of shop owners all the time, what's something you would have bought earlier on that you wish you would have done. Now, most shop owners say a direct-to-screen. So, They have it. Look into a direct-to-screen and be able to get it in so that you can help improve your registration time, reduce pre-production time, and get these jobs turnover moving quickly. The other thing is if you're running a manual shop, the thing that you want to bump up to as quick as possible is an automatic to, again, help improve turnaround time and get your shop and these orders filtering out really, really quickly. Now, number 10. Extreme, extreme optimism. As we interview a lot of other shop owners, the common aspect to their mindset is extreme optimism. That filters through to the culture, that moves you past bad times, that creates an environment where people can make the right decisions when you're not there. It's something you really want to emulate for every single person in the shop, and that also gives off great vibes to your customers as well. There's three steps to a good goal setting process. So first of all, is you got to write them down. So one way I do that is blog. I literally just start writing. I blog. I got this idea from Elon Musk. So that's the next thing, share them. So if you share them, publish it, 65% more likely for that to happen. Make sure your goals are specific, make sure your goals are measurable. If you can't measure a goal, it's like, I'm going to start running. Okay, great. Good for you. What does that look like? You know? So I think the two biggest things here are measurable and time-bound.
1: A, B, C, D. Accelerated sales, buying behavior, connecting communities, and data. Those are the four things that you need to know to be successful moving into the, to the future at any level.